Hey guys, welcome back to the Jesse Dawson podcast for another episode. We're going to be doing a new segment that I'm going to be regularly doing, which is exciting. Um, it's going to be called What I Learned. And I don't care if it's correct grammar or not, that's what it's going to be called. So today, we're going to be talking about what I learned from a drug addict. So it's going to be a bunch of places that I learnt something from, and it, it could be really obscure things like what I learned from uh, a mother of two kids, or what I learnt from a psychopath, that one's coming up, uh, what I learnt from uh, my relationship exploding uh, violently in my face, things like that. And it's going to be really good because I'm going to take nuggets of gold out of things that are really obscure places um, and and normal places as well. So let's dive into it. So today, the first, the first instalment of what I learned is what I learned from a drug drug addict. Um, yeah, and we're going to go from there. And if you can hear the rain, I apologise. There's nothing I can do about it. It's quite soothing, actually. Uh, but if you can hear it, just ignore it. I'm not sure if my mic picks it up. Uh, but we'll carry on as we normally do. A little bit of rain's not going to stop us. So, to get it started with, we're going we're gonna to unpack a couple of little things that I learned. So, what I learned, the number one thing I learned from drug addicts, and this, this goes across the board. This isn't just, you know, the particular thing area that I was in. Across the board, all drug addicts. I just punched the microphone, so apologies. Um, and even even when it comes to any other addictions as well, this, this applies to the addict mind, the, the, the mindset of an addict, is that they're the most resourceful people you are ever going to meet. Resourcefulness, 500 out of 10. It's unbelievable. So just because you don't have the right equipment doesn't necessarily mean you can't make that equipment out of something random lying around um, and also ways to pr provide the tools to continue using and to continue acquiring the goods uh, so ways to to generate money and ways to generate stuff um, is it's limitless it's incredible to see what kind of resourcefulness they have when it comes to trying to uh, feed the habit and, and, and get their fix. So that applies to every single kind of addict and the excuses and and the the cunningness that comes with trying to get that addiction uh, met. So not a great place to be, but let's take the, the nugget of gold out, out of that and put it into a, a re resourceful place. So if you take the context of that resourcefulness and change the drug addiction or the alcoholism or gambling or whatever it is, the other addiction that's there, and you then insert relationship, goals, career, finances, whatever it is, and you bring that mindset into the thing you're trying to achieve, you bring that resourcefulness and that's like the cunningness to, to, to achieve the, the goal, as long as it's not at the expense of another person, which often over this side it is a lot of the time at the expense of other people because it's all a self-focused game. But if you bring it over here with the leaving that over there uh, and you do it in a resourceful way and maybe even bring others along with you and you bring that ability to be able to craft things to, to suit you when you don't have the right equipment. Let's say that you, for example, I've got this lighting equipment that I've got set up here that's shining a light on my face right now. Last time I filmed, I didn't have it with me because I didn't bring it because I was silly and I should have. So what I did is I looked around my environment to see what I had and I used a diffuser. So a little, um, like the ones that you put aromatherapy oils in and it blows a little steam out of it and makes the room smell really great. I got one of those and I just put it off to the side of the camera and it lit my face a little bit better. So 
that's just an example of being resourceful um, that I have right up my sleeve. But uh, another one would be, um, like for me, audio equipment. I have got converters and all sorts of crazy stuff going on inside of me here. I've got little sound cards um, and just being resourceful and knowing how to uh, hook those things up so that when you need to do something like this, if, if this is something you do, then you're able to have that skill set with you. Or even just the ability to find the information on how to do the thing you're doing. So let's say you, I don't know, you're cooking some food, something like that, and you don't know a recipe, but knowing where to get the recipe from, that's resourcefulness. That, that's, that's how you show uh, you know, that, that attribute, is, is knowing that you can go to X place to find X answer, whether that's Google, whether that's a cookbook, whether that's someone who knows the information, but it's that resourcefulness to be able to execute against something when you don't necessarily have the tools right in front of you. And another way I can sort of talk about resourcefulness when it comes to the things I've seen from that particular area from, from addicts is that they're, they have an ability to think differently. They have this critical thinking uh, like capability that isn't present in a normal situation where you don't, you're not desperate for something because I'm sure everyone can relate. When you're desperate for something, like let's say you've got a food craving and you, it's a hankerer. It's, it's bloody strong. <laughs> and and you, you know you're just like, I could just kill a Mars bar right now, absolutely destroy it. Or it's like some, I don't know, maybe it's a dish that, you're, that your parents cook for you when you were younger or something. And you're just like, man, I could destroy that. And all you can think about is that. Or if you've ever fasted, <laughs> if you've ever done fasting, I know from this one I've fasted, when it comes to the end of that fasting session, all you can think about is that thing and how to cook it and how to prepare it and all the different things you could do and all the different foods you could want and all that stuff and it's exactly like that except for something else obviously and having that critical thinking of all the of all like discovering options discovering options is is it's facts it's it's a it's a fit to i can't think of anything well it's critical it's critical thinking it is something that's going to separate you from you know the you're the needle in the haystack if that makes sense because not everyone has that ability to do that. So if you can model that, if you can model that mindset and apply that to your business, apply that to your goals, apply it to your relationship, when things start to get rocky, start thinking about how many options you've got and discovering options. If you're looking to spice up your, uh, your relationship, you go and, and find some ideas to, you know, some date ideas to go on with your partner or something like that. Come up with some options, like list them out and things like that. And if you're looking to do that with your relationship or your goals or your business and go to the next level, that's what's going to be able to uh, enable you to do that, is that you're going to be able to critically think about a situation, whether it's a problem or a potential future opportunity, and then you are able to find all the different options and ideas that you can try out. And for some people, that's going to be a real stretch to like really bring that out in you and come up with all these different you know, uh, ways you can go. And for other people, it's just going to be like, bang, they're naturally, naturally a critical thinker, whereas other areas are going to be their struggles. So that's something that's massive that I've learned from them. And when it comes to like bring it back to the negative side of it, the drug addiction, I've seen all sorts of tools being used to achieve the things that they need to do, like straws and obviously foil and bottles and uh, spoons, light bulbs. I've seen so much. And then it even extends into like the drug dealers as well and their resourcefulness to expand their, their empires and all sorts of stuff. Um, and you can see a lot of that in documentaries and things like that as well. So 
bringing that again back into the positive side of it, if you have that resourcefulness to achieve what you want to achieve with your goals, with the, your business, especially in your business, you need to be able to be resourceful in so many ways in, 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 in your finances, in your systems that you use in processes, being flexible within the, uh, in the environment of you know, the world. Obviously, uh, things like pandemics, they aren't really friendly to the business world. So being able to have the resources or the resourcefulness to pivot in those moments, crucial. You need to be able to do that like no tomorrow, no tomorrow. And the reason I say that is because um, the world, the world's going to continue changing forever and ever and ever and ever. The only thing that you know for certain, and I'm sure I'll do another podcast on this same topic, is that change is the only certainty. Change is the only certainty. Uh, you, you're not going to be able to close your eyes and continue walking forward without eventually hitting a wall or falling off a cliff or whatever it is, getting hit by a car, whatever it is, because the world's changing. You can't just walk in a straight line with your eyes shut. You're going to hit something or something's going to hit you. It's, it's, that's, it, that's it. It's all about being flexible and being resourceful and using the things around you and using the tools and using the your ability. And everyone's got you know unique skills and talents. Sometimes you've got to hone them. Sometimes they come naturally. And it's about shifting with the world because as i said change is inevitable it's always going to change so if you look back into the past you see you think about all the things that we've done through evolution and through uh building things and through even religion you know everything has has some sort of uh change and and forward momentum so we look at just driving cars for instance Look how far the cars have come. Look how far technology. Like, look at the thing. I'm filming this on a camera. This is this is freezing moments in time that you can rewatch over and over and over and over again. That change is inevitable. Like we, it's just the progression of the technology, and that progression is exactly the same in everywhere else. In your career, in your health and fitness, in your relationship, in reality communication everything everything your goals who you are as a being and even even the things that make you happy have to progress otherwise they'll start making you unhappy and if you don't change with the world if you don't bring the resourcefulness into it and you don't change it that just leads to a life of misery and, and bitterness because it then it then turns into arrogance it then turns into all sorts of things where you're not changing with the world so the world's always going to be changing and, and in fact, actually, it's it's kind of ignorant to, to not believe the world's going to change and to continue doing things the same way. Um, like, surely, sure, if something's getting you the same result and you've tested other things out to see if that's the best way to go and, and then that does prove to be the best way forward, continue doing it until there becomes another time where you need to test it again to check if it's still the best way to go. Because eventually that same thing that you do, that you're repeating, is going to be the less uh, productive or the less efficient or or in just downright useless. An example for you. I love examples, as I'm sure you know, stories. So I remember talking with some colleagues about uh, how the world's like moved forward and how now when the internet goes out, the whole world's kind of like fucked. We basically go into meltdown, we don't know what's going on because we can't function. Businesses can't function. At home, you can't function. The internet goes, that's like, what do we do all of a sudden? And, I'm sure, and sure, there's a bunch of things you can do to fill the time. But when, it, but in terms of a business, if the internet goes out, we're pretty well done because you can't 
you know, send a letter to, you can't write a letter, take it down to the post office, have it posted off, and then get to the place you need to to let them know your internet's out. Because most of the time, by the time the internet's back up, the letter hasn't even been delivered yet. But also because it's the least efficient way to go, go about it. You can make a phone call, you can do a lot of things, or you can, you know, you can find different ways to, to solve that problem. And the reason that's the case, the reason that we're so reliant on these things and when we're changing and, and, and efficient is because the old way is no longer useful anymore. And what I mean by that is, for instance, we're always, we're always messaging each other on social media and we're texting and occasionally we might have a phone call or something like that. But we're not emailing each other. Whereas once upon a time, email was the way to go. If you wanted to chat with your friend, you'd send him an email. Or if you wanted to speak to a relative across the other side of the world, you'd send him an email and you'd chat in an email chain. And there's plenty of those that, uh, plenty of people still do that. But it's a very redundant way of communicating on, uh, when you could be using a chat service because the chat service is a much more efficient way to go. So if you don't change and you're still sending emails, the world's gonna start leaving you and then less and less and less and less people are gonna be using that format. And then maybe, I mean, not saying email's gonna be redundant anytime soon in terms of its use in other areas, but eventually that service will drop off and not exist anymore. Like we, we have, you, have you seen a floppy disk? There's a lot of people in this video, do you know what a floppy disk is? <laughs> Now, I do. I used 12 discs when I was a kid. Um, but you don't use them now because, one, they're so slow. There's such small storage capacity. The computers don't even have a drive to put them in. Like, all that stuff. But if you were still using it because it was your preferred method, because it's just what you always did, you now can't even operate. You can't function anymore because you haven't changed with the times. And it's always going to be changing. Some machines don't even come with CD drives anymore. We don't even use them anymore. And there's going to be a point where people are going to watch back this video and be like, what's the CD? Because we're so far past it. It doesn't even exist anymore. Now, things are going to be more, you know, obviously in the cloud, uh, more digital, all those kinds of things. And that's just an example that I gave. I trust that made sense and it fit in there. Um, but that's it. If you don't change, you're going to get lost. You're going to get left behind. And it's about keeping up and it's about moving and having that forward momentum in the world, especially in the business world. Uh, but even in your personal world as well. So if you don't have your uh, personal you know, mindset in place to, to continue moving you forward, your friendships and your relationships and even your relationship with yourself won't grow. It's not going to keep keep going and eventually you're going to be miserable and, and all those things that, um, that I mentioned. So you've got to be changing with the times. You've got to be changing with the times. So now that we've covered that off, if we, go to the, if we move on to the next... Uh, stage. The reason that really serves you is because there's always a way. There's always a way. No matter what the problem is, unless you're dead uh, or in jail, there is always a way forward. No matter how bad it feels, no matter no matter what the situation you're in, you believe you're in, and it's real for you as well. All my situations have been real for me, and in looking back, I'm like, I could have done a thousand things. But there was there's always a way. And there's always a way in your relationship. There's always a way in your uh, friendships, in your career, in your business. There's always a way with money. There is always a way. It may not be the obvious way and it may suck. It, may, it might be the most awful thing you've got to do. Like you might have to end a relationship because that's the best option. But there is always a way. So the way might, may be walking through the mud. The way may be getting stabbed, you know. It, it could be something terrible. 
um, not obviously stabbed for real, but maybe emotionally. If the opportunity is getting stabbed, maybe that's not the path for you, you know? Um, there's always a way, and no matter what happens, no matter how far the goal or wherever you need to go is, there's always a way to get there, and it's just about how you get there. It's about how you get there. And if you want it bad enough, you'll figure out a way. And this critical thinking, this resourcefulness, all of a sudden stems out of nowhere, and you're thinking about all these options, and one of them is going to get you there, even if you have to try a hundred of them. We all know the Thomas Edison light bulb story about how many times he failed to make a light bulb and, and all that. If it takes a hundred attempts, or a thousand attempts, or five attempts, or one attempt, no matter what, the number there's always a way so having the resourcefulness bringing that in that that cunningness to find a way to get the thing you need you or you you uncover these paths and the real question you've got to ask is how much do you want it and we also all know about the kfc story like colonel sanders though he was like he had all these business failed businesses beforehand and he was like 50 something when he launched KFC and finally got his break and then all the people that had been kicked out of school and said they're not going to be anything like Michael Jordan and Einstein all those things where they'd failed school or or whatever it was but they found a way to succeed and they did it and they did it there's always going to be a way it's just about how badly you want it and and it, it's sort of about you know bringing in the courage from yourself or maybe not the courage maybe the bringing a, uh, the tenacity out and, 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 and not stopping until you've got it. Um, but that all comes down to how badly you want the thing. So once again, how badly you want it determines how resourceful you're going to be and how many options you can find to get to your goal. And I can tell you right now, there's, there's lots of options. No matter what the thing is, there's lots of options and there is always a way to get there. So it's pretty cool that I learned that from a drug addict, isn't it? And then the last thing that I want to share with you, which is a bit of a, it's a bit of a long one, is that the world can be so much worse and your circumstances can be so much worse than they are right now. They can be so much worse. Especially knowing my own backstory and where I've come from to even be here talking to you in front of this camera, things can be so much worse. They can be, they can be crippling, like to the point where you don't, you can't even get up. You can't even get up. You can't even face the world because it's that bad. So the last thing I learned from drug addicts is that having a bit of gratitude and a bit of presence for our current world is, goes a long way. We tend to always think, look, look at where we are now and where we want to be and see the gap between that, you know, that distance. Whereas we never look at, well, sometimes you do, but most of the time, most people never look backwards and see how far they've come. Contrasting where you're at and where you want to be and, and you might feel something about where you are right now. You might be unhappy with where you are in terms of your goals, relationships, finances, whatever it is. But it could be so much worse than what it is so it's a bit of a, I know, I'm handing this sort of back over to you and saying, look at where you are and have a bit of acceptance for where you are and a bit of gratitude and a bit of appreciation for the things around you that you do have and the things around you that you, you could not have uh, and, and live quite happily and live quite comfortably. Because you, you have, most people that are watching this have shelter and have food and have 
at least a decent foundation to continue building your lo- a life on. And even if it is an absolutely rocky foundation, like it is just falling apart around you, it's still somewhat of a foundation. You can set, then start taking steps and moving forward. Um, might not seem like you can, because uh, a lot of the time we can think that we're in such a worse place than we are and things around us are a lot worse than what they are when we're in the moment. So bringing some contrast to you and giving you a bit of a tool is that you could be in a place where you can't afford to eat or or you're prioritizing something over your health and, and wellness to the point where it's causing you serious health issues and and hurting the people around you as well as yourself because your life is being controlled by you know in this instance as i say i learned from a drug addict a substance or or an action some sort of activity that takes over the brain and replaces the survival instincts with this this particular thing so the problem that we have around not having a stable relationship or having a bit of uncertainty in work or being a little bit behind on our bills or not having enough time to do all the things we want to do they're really quite small when it comes to life and death situations where you might not have shelter and you might not be in a place where you can make sound decisions and that you might not have be in a place where people around you are able to look after you and, and give you support and help you get to a better place you might have no one you might be alone and actually alone where there's nobody actually there to help you so things can be so much worse than they are so again the reason i'm telling you this is be grateful for where you actually are look at what actually is in front of you and what actually is in front of you and find out that it is something you can be appreciative of something that you can be grateful for and bring that presence into your world and and have a bit of humility in you know where you want to be and and what you think is bad and of course i don't want to be minimizing any anybody's problems i never want to say you know that's across the board because occasionally there are problems that are dire um, and i don't want to be minimizing that for anybody this is more so for those of us that are wanting to i don't know buy a better car because that's all we want to do or the ones that have just had a promotion and they don't really like their job and i don't know anything along those lines you know the drama in our world that isn't really important if you think you have those issues that are really bad and that you're in a really bad place how about you go and check out someone that has been in a really bad place or, or is in a really bad place and just compare where you're at personally with that and find some gratitude. And when you find that gratitude, you actually realize your problems fall away. And sometimes when we think about where we are and we're complaining about the situation we're in, obviously it's from a place of luxury and a place of privilege because there's still people obviously in the world, in, in third world countries that don't even have like lights and, and or water and all that. And of course, everyone's going to be like, oh, he's bringing it to this place. But it's true. That's why. That, you, you hate the fact I'm bringing it here because you have no argument against it because morally it's wrong to feel okay when other people aren't. Uh, so deal with it. Um, the point is, what I'm saying is that we often are looking from the top of our palace 
at another person's castle <laughs> uh, and think, wow, their castle is so much bigger than mine. And we, we, we make the judgment of our place being bad from the wrong perspective. You look at some places that don't have water or don't have the time to be able to complain about these things and and generally they're a lot happier too which is a crazy study actually um that the people in impoverished places often have a much more optimistic view of the world than people who are in a really good place they often have a lot more pessimistic view of the world but interesting so you take the four-year-old girl that has to walk across kilometers of land in the sun carrying a barrel on her head to get water for her family with her older sister who's nine years old and they walk all the way to the stream to fill up two barrels of water, bowls, whatever it is, buckets, and then carry them back to provide water for their family. That little kid doesn't have time to be depressed. They haven't got time to complain. They haven't got the luxury of being able to sit on their ass and say, my life sucks because they've got a family to look after. They're, they're still surviving. They're st- they haven't even got their basic needs met. They, they, they're like shelter and, and food and water and, and safety. They don't even have those met because one, they're not in safe in a safe place. They could get attacked at any point or taken at any point. And they haven't got fresh and clean and safe water and food to eat and drink on a regular basis. Um, and they're having, to, they're having to travel all that distance just to take care of their family, which technically shouldn't be their responsibility as a four and a nine-year-old. It shouldn't be to take care of their family. And that's the place that you could be in. You could be there, you know, instead of sitting on wherever you are, in your car, on in your computer room, in your office, at work, on your lunch break, in school, insert thing here. I don't even know where you are right now, but wherever you are, you're watching this on an electronic device, probably in some sort of shelter, and if not, outside on the way to somewhere or in the sun relaxing or whatever, in such a great place. Now, you just don't understand how lucky you are that, it, that you're not in those places. And, and it's, it's just pure luck at the end of the day for those ones that you're lucky that you're born wherever you're born because you have really no say over that. And that's something you need to be grateful for. And sure, you didn't ask to be born. You can pull that card if you're a child. But you were born. And it did happen, so be grateful for it. And if you can't be grateful for it, work on that. Because that's not—that's really toxic and really crap of you to have that view of the world when you could be being grateful and being present and having such a more positive outlook on where you are and the things that you could be achieving and, and the gifts that you've been given that you're throwing in the bin that someone like that could be using. Like Essentially, you're taking up a space in the universe and wasting it. It's like taking up a car park to not park a car in it. Buying a house to not live in it or not rent it out or not anything, just to let it fall and, and be empty. They're the same equivalents. So full circle around, be grateful for where you are and have a bit of appreciation because things can be so much worse than what you think they are. You could be, bring this back to the title of Saturday, you could be a drug addict that's hopelessly struggling to survive. With no one around and alone, trying to find a fix because you've rewired your brain, you've got such a heavy addiction and, and such a low view of yourself and so much trouble and, and hurt and all the pain that inside, that's such a reality for this individual that they can't even cope in the world. 
Back over you. Instead of you sitting here watching this video in your palace. Probably eating some snacks or something. I don't know what you're doing. Make sure you're sticking in your calorie count. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's, that's my point anyway. That's a pretty cool thing to learn from a drag addict. <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, so that's been about it really. I don't think there's anything else I want to add in here. If you, uh, if you like this, this little kickoff of the series, then that's great. Um, I'd love to hear what you thought about it. And subscribe and like and comment and all the things that I would like you to do. Do one of them, do some of them, do all of them. Uh, but don't do nothing. Don't do nothing. Uh, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Uh, in, the next, in the next what I learned. I don't know what it's going to be, but I hope to see you there. So thanks for watching and listening to this uh, for, for all this time. <laughs> and I'll see you in the next one. It's been the Jesse Dawson Podcast. And I'll catch you guys later.